we've been talking with you the last, well, we started a couple weeks ago um, talking about a message that had to do with harvest, like bringing forth a harvest in your life, one that brings God glory. That's a good, that means it's a good harvest. How many of you would like to Gosh. produce a good harvest, have some good fruit at the end amen. of your life? Amen. I think and we amen. all should be raising our hand because yep. at, the, at some point we're going to give an account for that. But we spoke to you last week, or two weeks ago. Pastor Ben gave a great message last amen. week. Amen. Love it. Thanks for that. One more. Awesome. I yeah. want more. <laughs> so, He's actually my favorite preacher. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, well, what about me? Yeah. All right. I'll go over here for a little bit. <laughs> I understand. He's so we spoke to you, okay, two weeks ago about the parable of the sower, parable of the sower, and how the seed of God's word, you know, basically lands on four types of heart soils. We said there was the hard soil where the word just lands on that heart. It's hard. It's just ignored and nothing's produced in that person's life. And then there was the rocky soil where there's this emotional response, everything's great, all of a sudden you, know, you want to go for God, but then there's no real root in that person. And when persecution comes, because it doesn't take any root, nothing happens. It says the, the, the plant really withers and dies, and so there's no fruit from the rocky soil. Mm -hmm. There's the thorny heart soil where that person allows the cares and distractions of life, the pleasures of life, to like grow up around the seed of God's word. It starts to produce, but it's like thorns and weeds that grow around the good seed of the word and it chokes out its fruit it actually says that third soil doesn't bear any fruit right and so the only soil that does bear fruit it says is the well-adapted soil the soil that allows the word of god to get planted on the inside and then obeys it we yes. we hear the word we obey it we water it we nurture it and little by little it says over time with perseverance that soil brings forth a good harvest in our life and it's all for god's glory and so it's really up to us what we said there a couple of weeks ago, it's up to us what kind of heart soil we want to have. I mean, we all come to God with some rocks and some thorns and some hard places in our heart. Amen. Do we not? Yep. Amen. And so we really do have to do some work as we hear the word of God. It's like water on our heart. It softens it. But we have to do the work of wanting to pull out some rocks, come on, thorns, get, get rid you of know, it. get rid of it. It's just like in your own garden. If you do nothing with a garden, how many of you go, have a little plot of ground? Chris, Chris has a garden. If yeah. you do not, even if you plant good seed in there and then you do nothing, what happens? It's out of control, right? <laughs> <laughs> Weeds, thorns, you just think, what in the world is growing? I thought I put good seed in here. You did, but you have to cultivate it. And that's really what happens to us. You know, we have to want to pull out the harmful stuff, the rocks, the stones, so that the good seed of God's word can uh -huh. take root in our life. Because God desires for his children to bear Good fruit. He says when you bear good fruit in your life, it brings God glory. Yes. And that's really what we're here to do. It's yes. not about what we want. It's about bringing glory to God. Right. And so he purposely prunes us to help that to happen. That's part oh, yes, of his spiritual does. engineering. Pastor Ben began to talk about <laughs> yes. this. And as we're doing this message, I thought this fits a lot with this spiritual mm -hmm. engineering Absolutely. Idea. That God's like a master gardener. In fact, he calls himself that in, in, in Corinthians. And he says, our hearts are the garden plot of ground that are under cultivation. Right. So he's helping. He wants good fruit to come forth in our life. And he's given us his word. It's like this big seed bag, you know. It's, like, <laughs> it's all imperishable seed. So it, it, right. it's got potential to produce in our life. Come it on. will germinate. It will grow when we give it the right conditions, when we plant it in our heart. 
and we nurture it and we water it and we act upon it in faith. Come on. Because it does take faith. It does, and faith is an action. We have to act upon it in faith and to have it bring any kind of harvest of blessing in our life. I think you might be my good, my favorite preacher now. All right, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gaining points. I'm gaining points. <laughs> I like what you said. That was good. But you, I'll go sit down. <laughs> but, you know, you've always said you like that Genesis where it's yeah. seed time and harvest. Yes. That God's put to the whole kingdom of God on a seed time and harvest principle. And he said that every seed will produce after its own kind. Yes. That's important for us to remember. And so, you know, if, if you look at your life now and you think, well, what kind of seeds have I been planting in my life to get the harvest that I have in my life? You know, and you, if you want a different harvest, you have to start planting some different seed. <laughs> I mean, Come if on. A, if a farmer puts corn seed in the ground... He's doing it for a reason, because he wants corn plants, right? He's not going to put corn seed in the ground and then think, whatever, broccoli is going to come up. You're going to plant the seed that you want to see a harvest for in your life. Come on. So if you look at your life now and you think, I don't know if I really like this harvest, then you've got to start thinking, maybe I need to plant some different seed in my life. Amen. So if you want more, more love, like let's say you feel like, I, I just don't, feel loved i don't have i need more love in my life well then you need to plant seeds of love loving actions loving words you know into into your own life into the people's lives around you you say you i wish i had stronger faith mm -hmm. well then you have to start planting seeds of faith acting in faith giving in faith amen right amen i mean people want more peace in their life i don't know why my life is so stressful then start sowing more seeds of just thankfulness in your mind come on gratefulness there Thinking you go. on other things That's is a way it. to plant new seed to grow different fruit and so of course this works in the other direction too if you want more strife and division in your life well then just keep sowing more seeds of anger <laughs> you know just keep talking the same kind of controversial thoughts that just you know, blow things up, and you'll have that kind of right. a harvest. What? Negativity. Negativity, yeah. right, yeah. So we can change the harvest in our life. That's the good news. We can. It's not as though just, well, life just dealt me this bad deal. Come on, preach it. Well, maybe you didn't grow up in the best of environments. Maybe your home life wasn't the best. But the beautiful thing is all of us have a new start. Amen. And when we open up the word of God, you become a new creation, and you can plant new seed and get a new harvest in your life. Hallelujah. Right? And so the key is this, Galatians 6, 7 says this, do not be deceived. Here we go. God can't be not, cannot be mocked, for whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he'll reap. Mm. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So let's not become weary in doing good. And we can become sometimes weary in doing good, can we not? Yes, yeah. Because sometimes these seeds take a long time to grow. <laughs> but it says for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. We can't give up. Come on. Right there it is. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Wow. As we have opportunity, let's do what? Let's do good. Amen. Let's keep sowing good seed, right? There's always an opportunity to choose to sow good seed. Always. Yeah. All, every day, every moment, every time you're starting to think. Yeah. 
And we, you know, when there's a need that arises in the family of believers, you know, what does it say? Especially to those who belong to the family of believers, especially to the church family. Now, you just heard about the serving need. Serve like Jesus. Yeah, that's opportunity right that, there. Right there. <laughs> and some of you aren't serving anywhere. And we really do need your help. We do. Uh, maybe you've been coming here for years. and uh, We have needs, and these are really opportunities for you to plant good seed in good soil so that you can reap a harvest. Mm -hmm. You know, it it's, goes back to, you know, it's time to be good to especially those who belong to the family of believers. If you're a parent and you have a child back there in mile one, <clears throat> kids ministry, your children are being blessed. Amen. I mean, seriously, your, your kids are being blessed by the, by the love and the seed of the living word of God. Yeah. Every Sunday, yeah. it's going right into their heart. And they're good soil. And uh, I'm telling you, our, look around. Our church is small. Our church is small. And yet the children back there in mile one, they never are without a classroom ready to impart God's word into their hearts. Amen. Never. And the truth is that happens every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Every Sunday. We have three classrooms age relevant for your children. And they're being imparted the word of God every time. You know, you have a, what we call Yosemite, Gateway, and then we have Broadway, three classrooms. And that happens because of faithful sacrifice of a few people. Amen. Of a few people. But they are willing to serve. It's a sacrifice, but it's also a labor of love for them. And it's what's happened is exactly what happened. We started out, us two, in the nursery. We're, we were ordained pastors. We, we, were, we weren't ordained yet, but... We were licensed ministers of the gospel. And we, were, we started in the nursery. And then we grew up to elementary. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm telling you right now, even though going to Bible school Bible, and getting all of that, when you start working with children, that's how you learn to impart the life of God into an individual. It's pretty awesome to tell you. But I'm telling you right now, some of those volunteers are back there three times a month. Three times a month. It, it, you know... And if you're a parent, you're not serving anywhere, I'm telling you that mile one could really use your help. They could really use your help. Uh, because many hands make the work light. Ever, ever heard of that? Yes. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's true. It is true. Uh, you know, there's, there's, you'll reap a blessing three different ways. I'm seriously. You, you, children are going to be blessed because you're there, you're help. And you're, the family of believers is going to be blessed and strengthened mm -hmm. because of your help. 
And you're going to be blessed, I promise you. You'll be blessed by serving in mile one because it'll help you become a better parent. Yes, it will. Yeah. There's an impartation. As you give out, the Bible says, they who water will be watered themselves. That's just what Miss Amanda said there. That's exactly right. So this is an opportunity for you. This is an opportunity for you right here. And I'm, I'm really, you know, I would like to make a request as your pastor. If you have a child back there and you are not serving back there, I'm asking you to sign up once a month because this will help those volunteers come in to, the, to experience the worship. You too, Karen. How many else are in children that are in here? Michelle, it's been so long. You know, this we need to, let's give them a hand. Yeah. I'm saying that if you go back there, you're going to experience church like, like you've never experienced. You will then be able to bring that church life into your home. And your kids will be able to see the truth of the gospel. Amen? Mm-hmm. So please, I'm, I, I am. This is an opportunity especially to do good to your church family if you sign up just once a month. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, I'm, you know, we're speaking of the children's ministry in mile one, and there's, there's, there's also a need. This building was built in 1970. That's pretty awesome. Some 50 years ago. Beautiful building. The wall units back there that heat and cool those three classrooms have uh, <laughs> worked long and hard. <laughs> uh, but uh, they've given up the ghost. <laughs> And it really is time for new and efficient ones. And, uh, of course, it costs money to replace them. Amen? Amen. And uh, we've sought out multiple uh, companies and got multiple bids on these. And we've found the best solution here at, right now. And each one of those units that are going to be replaced cost $6,374 apiece installed. Okay, these are Mitsubishi units. They have a 12-year guarantee. So that total cost is about $19,000. That's a large sum, isn't it? Yeah, but we serve a large God. Yes. The Bible declares that we, he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Yeah, and we have always had generous donations to this church along the way. You know, yeah. those out, were outside donors who believe in the mission that uh, community life is church is doing and uh, they have supported our church all along and they don't come to this church uh, some of them are in Florida some of them are in Pennsylvania uh, but they don't come to this church but they believe in what we're doing it's it's awesome mm-hmm. and I've reached out to them and expressed our need uh, however the responsibility does fall on on this church body uh, you know, if you consider Community Life Church your home church, uh, 
that falls on us. And God's ordained that the people of the church support the needs of the church. Right. This is how it works. This is, this is a body of believers. This is a family of believers. You know, I don't want those kids back there that they're wearing coats and they're talking and they could see their breath. <laughs> Teeth chattering. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> the teacher, okay. <laughs> you know, and we realize the hospital or the, the holidays, like Vanda was saying, is rapidly approaching, and a lot of money will be spent. People are thinking, oh, I'm going to be buying Christmas gifts. and But let's just all stop and think for a moment. Some of the stuff is necessary. Right. And some of it is just not so necessary. I mean, some of it is just, you know, the <laughs> forgotten within a week. Like, what did we buy? What <laughs> Where did that go? Or, and there's a lot of impulse buying. One day sale. Going fast. Buy now. I mean, this is kind of funny. We were in Sam's yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and we pulled in the parking lot. It's like, whoa, this is like Black Friday parking. Parked way in the back. Like, what are they giving away? What, what is going on in here? And oh, boy. So sure enough, we walk in the door. And what's the first thing in the door? Large, gigantic TVs. <laughs> you see these people with their big flatbed dolly thingies, you know, pulling them off, putting them on, and everybody's like stopping, like, what's on, like, how much are they? And then look, there's only two left in that row, and <laughs> so I'm trying to push the cart by, because I'm thinking, we don't really need a TV, you know, but Steve stopped, and he's like, look, the prices, <laughs> look, it's $250 less than what it normally is, and, th and there really was. There was one guy, there were two there in a row standing. There was one display, two behind it, and the one box of the two, the guy's pulling it off, and he's loading it up, and his <laughs> wife's all, he's like, look, there's only one left, and this, then there's going to be the display model. Maybe they'll give this the, the, the display model for cheaper, you know, and sure enough, we make our way back by the vegetable section, and we see Mo, who's the manager of the store, he we always comes Mo. and talks to us. He's like, how you doing? And Steve's like, I saw that TV there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Mo's like, he goes, I, they might be all gone. He said, you know, but he said that we're, they've been flying out the door, you know. <laughs> He's like, but if there's one display model left, I'll give it to you for 10% less. <laughs> I'm thinking, we got to go shop for cheese over here. We don't need a TV, you know. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, I mean, we must have met up with Mo and, and Rob. Rob like six times as we're shopping, and he's like, and sure Rob enough, pulls it off for me. And he has it set up in the front. The, the TV is sitting on this, you know, waiting. It's like tagged, hold. <laughs> I have the groceries. They're all filled up. It's like, where have you been? The grocery, he's standing by the TV. <laughs> They said, do we really, I don't know, how big is it? They said, 70 inches. And I was like, we're going to need to build a room bigger to hold a 70-inch TV. <laughs> well, that TV went back to the display. <laughs> I was like, we're not going to enlarge the room just to put this gigantic TV in there. I'm sure there'll be other sales. I'm Rob, sure Rob, they told me, Mo told me there'll be another sale coming up a little later for yeah. TV. So. Yeah. 
I'll but start you know, begging earlier. <laughs> I don't think we're alone when we, you know, you see something. It's like it's now it's only five hundred dollars. Before it might have been some huge amount, but when it's something you really want, it's like, well, we could we, we could figure this five hundred dollars out. So we we can do some impulsive buying for the holidays, stuff we don't really need, and it can be some frivolous spending, stuff that we don't really need. And God has a way. I mean, we're talking about needs in the church. Are you, are you good? Are you good? You still want the TV? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to write a letter to Santa. Yeah. <laughs> if you take the, I know. That's what I said. The old one's working just fine. Everything looks good on it. I don't Yeah. but we're talking today about we are talking today about generosity and money really because we we're supposed to lay up treasures in heaven is really what jesus told us to do you know with our money Mm -hmm. that we can take our money we could spend it you know five hundred dollars on a tv or you could take 500 and lay up treasures in heaven and give for the sake of the kingdom come on I mean, look at what Jesus said here, Matthew 6, 19. He said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Amen. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So what's the Lord telling us in that scripture? Telling me not to buy a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Give towards those heating units. Yeah. Amen. That's One of the going. things he's saying is here, this is on your outline, your money should be used for eternal investments. Come on. It can be and it really should be because that's what Jesus is saying here. I mean, people invest every day with their money, specifically in the stock market. Yep. Gold, whatever it is, annuities, insurance, land, properties. Why? Why do people make financial investments? Why do you do it? Because you're planning for your future, right? I mean, you make investments now, and hopefully you're hoping that there's going to pay off later when you need it. Amen. I mean, any financial advisor is going to tell you this is wise. And you do it because you're safeguarding your future, right? Yeah future of yourself, the future of your family. Right. And it's wise to do some of that. I think it's really wise to do some of that. We some, do it. Some of you need to consider doing more of this kind of planning. I think when you're younger, you think, ah, it'll all work out. But as you get older, you realize, I should have started earlier. <laughs> I should have thought about this a little deeper, you know. But I wonder how many people are considering Jesus's wisdom here in this Matthew scripture that we just read, Mm -hmm. when it comes to money and taking your money and investing it for the sake of eternal purposes, because that's really what he's saying. You can take something tangible like money and use it for eternal things. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with having money. Right. There's nothing wrong with money in and of itself. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, money in God's eyes is just a tool, okay? I have in my hand that he wants me to steward it. He's he's like saying, use it wisely. Use it for, you can use it on yourself, but also invest in the kingdom of God. And so in the end, I'm going to be rewarded when I do that, is what these scriptures are telling me. Mm -hmm. I mean, my financial giving now towards the things of God will reap me 
something in eternity. And see, this is part of we make financial plans for the sake of 70, 80, 90 years, but what about billions of years to come? Gosh, amen. That if I could take my money now and go, wow, what an investment. <laughs> it's going to pay off. I mean, you're, your money in this life will end when you, you're not taking it with you to heaven. <laughs> but what you invest now into the kingdom will actually multiply to your favor come on. for all eternity. Truth. I mean, I heard a man of God a long time ago say something like, you know, you should make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Come on. Make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Yes, amen. I mean, many people act upon the make all you can and save all you can, but they do the least part with the give all you can. It's like we forget about that. Yep. And really, Jesus warned about that in the parable of the rich. He called it the rich fool, really. The ground that that man produced, it produced a lot for him. That man had a lot. Yes. A good crop, and he basically kept it all and spent it on himself, and he just built bigger and bigger barns to hold it all in in the earth. <laughs> it's like, man, this is producing really great. I guess I'll just have to build a bigger barn to hold it all. He, and Jesus said to him, he, he said that man was a fool because in the end he's going to be judged. And, it, and really that parable, he's judged harshly because yes. it says he wasn't rich towards the things of God. Mm. And so money's not a bad thing. It's just how we look at it and what we do with it, really. I mean, and surprisingly, Scripture has a lot to say about money. Oh, my money. gosh. Come on. How we handle it, how we steward it, you know, whether we have a lot of it or a little of it, God's still just looking at our heart and going, how do you, what's money mean to you? He just takes notice of our heart. And so this is on our outline. How you spend your money is a reflection of what your heart really values. Mm -hmm. There you go. And if you want to know what your heart values, where should you look? Check your bank account. Yes. Check your bank account statement every month because that's where you're putting your money, right? I mean, look to see where you've committed to spend most of your money, and you go, well, this is really what I value the most. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, well, it's pretty easy for all of us to look at it. It's not a, some secret, oh, God, you know, what does my heart value? He's like, well, where your treasure is, yep. <laughs> that's where your heart is. Truth, truth. I and think some, <laughs> some people think nothing about spending like 60 bucks going to the movies. You can. Uh, yeah. Family of four, you could spend. Oh, you could spend. Or the baseball game. How can you go? Or a football game. A baseball game. game, yeah. How can you go? It's just, it, but people just spend that money like that. They don't, you know, other people could drop hundreds of dollars on a new gun or a new bow. <laughs> and he has. <laughs> <laughs> or, or thousands of dollars on a, like a vacation, you know, yet. And when the offering basket comes by, the, the pressure comes, and, and all of a sudden you, you, you struggle to give more than $25. I want you to look at this next scripture, because this scripture is found in Mark's gospel. It's found in Luke's gospel. We see Jesus in this, watching people put in offerings into the temple treasury. That was that, That's a church, you know, and, and we like to say, you know, when it comes to healing, we like to say, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Well, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let's look at this. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury 
and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amounted to one cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. So Jesus in this is watching people put money into the treasury. He's watching the offering. And rich people were putting in large amounts. And that's good. Praise God. But it was all out of their surplus. They didn't even miss it. But look at this on our outline here. Jesus particularly noticed the one who gave sacrificially. The widow who had very little was willing to sacrifice as little as she had because she valued the kingdom of God. Jesus said the others gave out of a surplus. It wasn't a sacrificial. They didn't even miss it. And we do that sometimes. We don't give sacrificially at times. But the woman had to trust God for her future. Trusting God. The kingdom is alive to her. Trusting God. That's faith. And <laughs> faith pleases God. Yeah, amen. Faith pleases yeah. God. So how we handle money, how we steward our money, you know, what God has given to us, and some of that is a revelation, too, that really God owns it all. Amen. We, do, we, all, we all tend to think, well, this is my money. But the truth of the matter is God owns it all. <laughs> and, there, and it matters to God because... You know, it matters because of the, our heart set about it, who we're really trusting. It's like the widow woman. She trusted God as her source. That's what God's after, our heart. Do you trust me to be a provider? Mm-hmm. You trust me that I could get money to you even if money is released through you. Correct. And I can make grace and blessing come to <clears throat> you in abundance so that you're supplied. And it's a, it's a matter of faith. I mean, and there are just so many scriptures in the Bible I mean, that someone has counted them once. I haven't. I'm taking a statistic. Somebody said that there are over 2,000 scriptures on money and possessions. 2,000! That's a lot! Compared to 500 on faith and 500 or so on prayer. Yeah, that's uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. 16 of the 38 parables address the use of money and possessions. So there's something about this in human nature that God wants us to understand. Money doesn't sound very spiritual. In fact, we don't really like to talk about it. But in the bigger picture of things, in the bigger picture of things, money has a powerful influence on our heart, and it really is directly tied in with your spiritual life and spiritual growth. Amen. It's like what Pastor Ben was saying, like this spiritual engineering, like it's all, all this is tied together. Mm-hmm. You know, that sometimes we have difficult things happening over here in our life, in our relationships, our children, our job, 
you know, and it's tied to disobedience over here with right. what we're doing with our money. Come on. And we think, no, this is just this issue. But no, this is how the kingdom of God works. These things all tie together. Intertwine. Because our disobedience, maybe with money, opens the door to a negative influence in other ways. Come on. I mean, Jesus <laughs> talked about it being literally a spiritual demon. Correct. The God of mammon was a, was a idol, idol god that they worshipped. But it had demonic power. Correct. And he's saying, you know, like if you're bowing down to that fear of that demon, it's opening the door to your life, to other things, other negative things in your life. And so it becomes a test of our heart. It right. really becomes a test of our heart to reveal who do you trust? Who's ultimately the source of your life to you? And when God sees how we handle money, it's like it's pretty easy for, us, for him to tell and really for us to tell. <laughs> is God truly your source? Because if you believe that he really is or you say, yes, God, you know, you are the source of my life, it's far easier to act in faith with your money. Is it not? How many of you, if you tithe and give, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. <clears throat> you know, because you know by faith in his word that he's saying, I'm going to supply all your needs yes. according to my riches in glory. Don't worry about it. This is the way my, this is, these are the laws of my kingdom. So how you spend your money, this is on our outline, how you spend your money will affect people's eternity too. I mean, so what you do with your money matters to God because it not just affects your own heart, it affects other people's Come lives. On. Right. I mean, without money, this church wouldn't exist. <laughs> you say the gospel is free. It is free, but it, obviously it takes money to have a building and material things and pay people. I mean, so if, if this church didn't exist, all the lives and families would never have been changed. And wouldn't continue to be changed. Right. Yeah. And it's really those who consistently tithe and give generously to support the work of the kingdom. You know, they're making eternal investments. They're laying up treasures in Amen. heaven. Amen. It's a reality. It really and is Jesus a will reward yep. us on that day. I think on, when we get to that day, that's why he tells us it now. It's like, take a look at it you, so you're not stunned on that day and go, oh, I wish I would have known. We can know now. Amen. You know, yeah, so we, we, we count. actually count on your regular tithes and offerings to, to meet our monthly budget, uh, paying for the mortgage. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're taxed on property tax. We're a church. Five, we're exempt from tax, but they say you only get a certain amount of land. All the rest of it's taxed. So we have to pay taxes. We have to pay salaries, hospitality back there. You know, children's supplies, oh my gosh, children's supplies, sound, internet, you know, the tech needs that we have here, the security that's through this building, the fire stuff that's through this building, you know, the, <laughs> the maintenance on the outside, on the inside here, it's utilities, oh my gosh, you know, electric bill alone last winter was $1,300, and, and honestly, sometimes a weekly offering doesn't even cover that electric bill. But we thank God for the tithers in this church. You know, they're truly the ones that pay the bulk of the bills that come in every month. You know, uh, we, really, out of approximately, we do this because Jesus said for us to know the condition of the flocks. And so we, we understand and we see these numbers. We, we, you know, there's approximately 36 giving units. And a unit is a family here at the church. Out of 36, we've estimated less than 15 are tithers. You know, listen, 
every offering that we receive, we glorify God with it and we offer it to him. We thank him for it. Uh, but the tithers and the generous outside givers to this church uh, really allow us to even project a yearly budget. And God has designed it that the people of the church look to him to be their provider, the source of everything. You know, we are to bring the tithe, that's 10%, to the storehouse. That's the church. That's the church. You, 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 you shouldn't ignore it. You really shouldn't ignore it. Because this, the truth of it all, is when you cross over, there's the reward, and it, there'll be a distinction in heaven. There'll be a true distinction in heaven. And what we're doing now is letting you know. You choose whether you obey God or not. Uh, but our job is to let you know what he says. You know, there's, that, there's only one place in the Bible that God says, prove me with this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Prove me. And that's in Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. All the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Food in my house means that you've got everything going and you're getting fed the word of God. Jesus says it's milk. Jesus says it's meat. And we know it's power. That there may be food in my house and test me. Here's the, here it is. Test me now with this, says the Lord of hosts. Here's the result if you do and follow through. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you, that there will not be room enough to receive it. Here's another great thing. Look what it says here. I will. Who's going to rebuke the devourer? God himself. He's going to rebuke the devourer for your sake so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground and the vines in your field will not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. I mean, look at this promise. Your tither, he promises to not only open the windows of heaven for you, but he himself will rebuke the devourer. Yeah. 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 You know, how, he, how does he do that? How does he do that? I mean, you, you get a bigger raise than you expected, or your money stretches and goes Amen. further. Right? Things don't break down That's it. as quick. You find a good deal. Right. You know, your appliances don't break down. They're lasting longer. Or you read yes. in the paper, oh, my gosh, a thief broke into a neighbor's car, a neighbor's house, mm -hmm. several blocks down. Thank God my house is guarded. Yes. He's rebuking the devourer for my sake. I mean, well, you can have faith for those Amen. scriptures. You know, he could rebuke the devourer by your kids just finding godly favor and protection. And I think from the bully at school, from bullying, you know, rebuke yep. the devourer for the sake of my child. A poured out blessing could be that I, I just become more sensitive to the yes. leading of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah for that. The devil who wants to just taunt me all the time. God is rebuking the devourer for my sake. 
See, I mean, this is all part of how this interweaves in our lives. I think of the spiritual engineering. Come it's on. all just part of right. God putting some things in the foundation in our life that we're supposed to build upon. And so Christians, this is on our outline, Christians should see money as a spiritual tool. Come Money's on. just a tool. You know, when we mentioned we had the large financial need in Mile One in children's ministry, that yeah. $6,300. $6,300 a unit, and we need three of them. You know, it's gonna, and what we're going to do, we're going to take up a special offering November 24th. And it's all going to that need. It's above and beyond your normal giving, your tithe. It's beyond it. It's sacrificial. And I want you to pray about it. I really want you to pray about it. You're hearing something good right now. You're hearing the word of God. You know, and, you know when you go to the doctor and he pokes around and stuff like that, and also oh, that hurts and it's really not supposed to hurt. You know, uh, maybe we're poking. <laughs> Ouch, and it hurts. <laughs> maybe we're poking. I'm serious. And if it's hurting and it, it, you're cringing on it, well, maybe there's something wrong inside. Amen? We have this need. Again, I don't want those kids and teachers to be seeing their breath over there. But they don't work. Well, actually, that's going to go. Every single one of them are going to go. We're just getting the last bit out of them. We're, we're, but I want you to read, read, reread what the scriptures that we had today. Uh, don't, don't throw them out. Hold them up. Actually, go into your Bible and see what they are and, and read them. Meditate on them. I want to look again at the Galatian scripture that we saw before. And it says this. It says, for look on your look on your I think it should come up on PowerPoint too, the Galatians six. Yeah, Galatians yeah. six. Whatever a man sows, that is what he will reap. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to the spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. When you're sowing financial seed into the kingdom of God to purchase something natural like that, you're actually pleased. You're actually sowing to the Spirit because you're 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 helping to bring something back there that those kids and teachers will feel comfortable, so that they can absorb the Word of God. If they're cold and shaking and need to have gloves on, what if we turn the heat off in here? Yeah. This, we have brand new heaters back there when we bought this building and took the loan out for the whole thing. Those are brand new. Brand new. This one back here isn't, but it's working. <laughs> Hallelujah. But think about it. What if we didn't have any heat in here? How many would you come? I, yeah. <laughs> I'd come here because I like the cold. <laughs> Pastor Mamie says, I really like that scripture, seed time and harvest. And then it goes cold and heat, winter and summer. 
And winter's put first and not the summer. That's right. <laughs> God's kingdom, is his throne is in the north. Glory to God. <laughs> we'll go back to that. Okay. <laughs> but here's some questions to ask yourself as, as you prepare for this offering on the 24th. It, it, look at this on your outline. Does this amount express the level of thanksgiving I have and how Community Life Church has blessed my life and my family? And then, I, I, you know, the next one I want you to meditate on is, is Matthew 6. Pastor Mamie brought it up. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Where do I put my treasure? Where do I put my treasure? And look, at this is on the outline. Does my offering show the value of my hope of eternal lives, of an eternal reward? Does it show that that is what I value and hope for more than material things on the earth? And just as a reminder, before we close, Mark 12, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they put in out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty put in all she owned, all she had to live on. So just I want you to ask yourself, because this is so easy for all of us, you know, does this, does this amount represent a genuine sacrifice on my part? Because that's really what the Lord took notice of. I mean, for some, $100, you know, would be a great sacrifice. Right. But for others, you know, a 1000 would be more like $1,000 would be a great sacrifice. True. I, I remember when we gave our first $1,000 in an offering to support a certain work of the kingdom. And this was after we were out of Bible school, and you'd say, well, were you raking in the cash? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were on one income, and... Uh, but we both felt the Holy Spirit's mm -hmm. prompting, and we're in agreement. We agreed. We both looked at each other. It was like, let's 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 give. Let's give in faith. Yep. And the amount was like, when he said a thousand, and I said, oh, I felt like that's the amount of money I had in my heart too. Like thousand dollars. <laughs> we gave in faith. Yes, we did. And you know, the Holy Spirit sees what you're doing and that you're releasing it, your money and faith for the kingdom. And we believe that God would supply all of our needs. And we just thought, well, you know, you said seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. I'm doing this standing on your word. Amen. And he always did and he always has. Yes. And I'm convinced that had we not obeyed in times like that to stretch our faith and give larger amounts, we wouldn't have this building. I know we wouldn't. Right. Because I'd still be afraid to give more than Whatever it was, you know, 50 and then 100 and then 200 and then 500. It's like, and the more that, the more honestly that you begin to give, the easier it is because yes. you realize, wow, God does open the windows of heaven for you. And sometimes it's not just for yourself because I'll tell you, we right. sacrificed to get into this building Correct. too. Yes. We gave above and beyond our tithe in order to make this building happen. And so sometimes you think, well, if I just give a certain amount and God proves me, is that the end of the story? No, it seems as though he keeps walking you to, de to deeper things with your Truth. faith. But he starts out small. Yeah. And that's why people think, well, if I win the lottery, then I'd give. It's like, well, You're God not. says, be faithful in a little. 
And then as you get more, you'll, we'll see how faithful you are because he will, he will test our hearts and stretch our faith. And so, you know, the last question is, does this amount really stretch my faith? Mm-hmm. Does it stretch my faith? And he, that, that scripture that goes along with that is, of course, bringing the tithes into the storehouse because God says, I'll pour you out a blessing. And so as we close, um, let's just bow our heads and let the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts.